What is going on everybody and welcome back to another episode of Thoughts from the Toilet and this is uh, sort of like Thoughts from the Toilet Reborn because I've got some new equipment, um, you know, so my software's upgraded, my equipment's upgraded which means my sound and the overall quality of the podcast should be um, better tenfold really so uh, here's to hoping that um, once this recording's finished and I've edited it then we're, we're back in the game um, and in a better place so uh, as always this podcast is brought to you by Home Cooking Delivered and they are a home cooking delivery service um, in and around Southampton um, you know they give you a menu every week and it's their food's all freshly prepared and delivered on the day new menu out every week you just simply um, highlight the meals you want on what day send the menu back and then uh, food turns up bam easy simple food in the mouth so check them out on their facebook which is home cooking delivered or by going to their website www.homecookingdelivered.net so first of all big apologies for being so absent for the, the past sort of maybe two weeks I think it's been two weeks since I've done a podcast um, but I've been super busy with work because being like a full working adult you've got to have a job and stuff to pay bills and this podcast isn't that big just yet it's not quite paying bills for me just yet so I'm still punching the clock you know I'm still out there um, making ends meet so sometimes that gets in the way of, of our hobbies and what we like to do so apologies for the time I've been away um but, you know, I was also a bit reluctant to, I've had my new equipment now for a few days and I was a bit um, a bit reluctant to do any sort of podcasting until I got my new equipment. Um, because I just feel like, you know, it's, it's better to just wait a few days, wait it out and use my new equipment to get the better better quality stuff, which you guys all deserve. Um, so thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Um, and I hope this is, the quality is a lot better now and it's uh, maybe not painful to listen to. I was at a bit of a, a turning point, a bit of a crossroads, and I said to my friend, you know, what should I do? Should I um, erase all seven episodes previous uh, and go again and start again and say this is the new episode one? Um, or should I just, you know, leave episodes one to seven, have this episode eight and just see what's... Um, you see, so people can see the progressive change. Uh, my my biggest fear was somebody coming in and listening to um, episode one to seven, you know, or maybe even just episode one and, and hearing it and thinking the quality is awful, it's painful to listen to. I'm not, I'm not pursuing this. I'm not tuning back in anymore, which I didn't want. So what I my my mindset was to you know erase all seven existing episodes, have this episode as episode one. So if a new listener comes along then they're straight in at the deep end with the good stuff. But my friend Brim, um, you know, we go we go a long way back, me and Brim. He used to be um, our producer and engineer for when we used, we used to be like a little, um, like rapping, rapping group when we were young. And he was our producer and engineer. So I'd sort of trust his judgment a lot when it comes to things um, production-wise with, you know, audio and... Um, creativity and he's he you may have seen if you follow my my um social medias you may well have seen me share his stuff and that's adam brimson designs and he's very talented guy real humble down-to-earth talented guy you know really creative creates all of his own um original unique art uh, and he sells it which is good so if you're into that sort of thing if you're into original unique work check him out and um hit him up for some prices but you know, I said to him, I texted him today and I said, look, what should I do? Um, do you think I should delete seven episodes and start from scratch? Or should I leave the seven episodes um, and see what happens? And his his answer was simple. He didn't even take time to think about it, responded within minutes. And he said, leave them. Leave episodes one to seven. Um, if people come in, nine times out of ten new listeners will listen to the most recent stuff and listen backwards. Uh, which is very true because every podcast I've ever been subscribed to or listened to, I've always gone to the most recent and listened back. So his point was very valid there, very true. And he said it's going to be really good for people who do listen, um, whether they start from the beginning or the or the most recent and go back. It's going to be good for them to see the jump in the quality and um, the the um, what am I looking for? 
look back and see the quality and the investment. So so people know that I'm taking taking it seriously, taking their entertainment seriously. So that's quite it's a very, very valid point from Brimson and I I really appreciated his um his opinion on that. And what's quite cool is you guys won't actually know this, but I just had to stop the uh, the podcast because my pizza guy turned up and I had some pizzas. And I don't like chewing into the microphone because I believe that's very rude, so I stopped and had a slice. But you, you're not going to know that because I'm going to edit it out. So yeah, man, big thanks to Brim for, um, you know, he's, he's a very big supporter of the podcast and uh, always gives me sort of um, advice when it's needed. And we like drinking coffee together, so you know, that's always good, so big up Brim. Uh, another reason I was I was at a crossroads with it is because, you know, if you listen to from episodes one to seven, you'll know in a few of them that I've used some music, um, which is actually unlicensed. So I could get in trouble if um, the artist or the record label who produced that that certain them certain songs were to pursue it and heard it, I could get in trouble for it. So I was a bit, um, I was a bit cautious. Cause what I didn't want was for, for me to get caught up in something like that before I sort of got anywhere with the podcast. No, I didn't didn't need that. So I was at a real, real crossroads and it had been it had been weighing on my mind for a few days, but I've decided I'm going to leave episodes one to seven in, just for the simple fact as of um what Brim said. People will people will listen and people will see the progression and the investment. So that's good. So I'm happy I was happy to hear that. And I'm happy to just roll roll with it now. Uh, speaking of podcasting, you know, I always promote my, my friend Sam's podcast, Mission Mental Health, um, because depression and anxiety is something that affects everyone. It may not affect you directly. You may not be um, a sufferer of depression, anxiety, or any form of, you know, just uh, feeling less than. But I guarantee we all know someone who has, um, maybe a family member, a, a friend, um, someone at work, you know, someone out there in everyone's circle somehow, somewhere has been affected by something along them lines. So it's a very important podcast to speak about. And I'm proud, I'm really proud of Sam for what he, the work he does of it because he's now been sponsored by Help for Heroes. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Help for Heroes is like the... UK's leading charity for the armed forces. So Sam being an ex-soldier like myself, you know, he's been doing a lot of work with Help for Heroes. Um, and he speaks of, you know, he talks about how leaving the army is such a big transition um, and then and you don't get any help. You know, being in the army, they, they strip you back and they rebuild you as a, a machine. But what they don't program into you is how to deal with not being in the army anymore. They're so quick to to build you up to be in the army that they forget to program you how to not be in the army anymore. And a lot of people struggle with that. A lot of men and women end up homeless, um, take their own life, you know, just end up in real dire straits, uh, if not the worst case scenario. So Sam's been doing some work with Help for Heroes to to sort of raise awareness and he's, he's raising money for, for the great cause as well. So once again, Mission Mental Health um, is such a great, great podcast real great cause so if everyone could get behind it that would be great you have to excuse me I'm just drinking some cider there I'm not really a big cider drinker usually but you know this hot weather has got me um got me a bit flustered so I do like the, the fruity cider every now and then it's refreshing I can't drink too much of it though it makes me a bit uncomfortable in the stomach area it bloats me out a bit too much and gives daddy that body gas so one or, one or two is fine for me then then I'm done um, but yeah, back to it. Mission Mental Health, great podcast. Shout out Sam Rowe, um, real great guy. I was out, I was out drinking with him on the weekend. Always a pleasure to be around. He's um, he's real fun, real fun guy to be out with. We had a gym, a gym night out. Next Generation Martial Arts. But yeah, they, they turned six years old. The gym, so six years since the gym first opened their doors. So they celebrated. They celebrate every year. Um, and we all went out drinking. Um, we had some drinks, took some shots, done some dancing. Went to a gay bar, actually. Went to a place called the London Hotel in Southampton. Um, and it's like a pub slash club. And it's primarily for, you know, the homosexual circuit. Which is great because they're fun. They're so fun on a night out. Um, and 
is actually nice to be around people who are out to have fun because in some places we went on the night out around the town it seemed like people were out to just cause trouble and nobody needs that no one wants that for a night out so it was nice and I appreciated being somewhere where people would go in to genuinely have fun love each other and have a night out as long as you weren't trying to love me too much we were good um and it was a real good night you know I spent some good time with Sam uh, he's been he's been dragged through it man recently to be fair he's been up and down he's been high and low but he's always always so positive you know and he's just took up a new career so he's gone from the army he's gone from being an infantry soldier uh, and he's now a nurse so you know he's he's real he changed it really around and his what he wants to do eventually is to get out to maybe somewhere like Syria or some uh, country which is less fortunate than what we are to have the healthcare system that we have and he wants to go and give something back he wants to go back out there um, and he wants to he wants to make try and make change so good on Sam he's a real, real great guy and he um, he's got a great fashion sense you know I could never pull his fashion sense off but man you know he dresses like um, you know if you if you maybe covered um, like a blind man in glue and you sent him through um, fucking urban outfitters, you just said to him, run, run at everything and don't stop, you know, um, and whatever you come out wearing, you wear. That's that's sort of Sam's fashion, but he rocks it so well. He look, he does it really well. Uh, he's, he's a funny guy. So please check out his podcast, Mission Mental Health. Um, and on that night out as well, you know, I do a lot of, I'm a bit, um, a bit sceptical and wary on a night out sometimes because I don't go out drinking very often. So I'm always, I've always, always got my guard up, especially if I'm out with Hannah. I tend to be a bit more on eggshells and I was just watching people and I get fascinated by people. And um, one of the girls we were out with who is like a sort of, she's a co-owner, co-owner of the gym, uh, I believe. Um, she wasn't supposed to be drinking she uh she was the drunkest one up in there and she's uh she's a great laugh but she would like uh, like piss people off but in a friendly way so she would like people be walking through uh, and there's like a little, little gaggle of us somewhere and you know people would walk through and she would like touch their face or like rub their face or sort of like maybe trip them like you know if it was you on the receiving end of it, then for sure you would you would be angry or pissed off. But um, to watch someone doing it and watch people's reactions and stuff, it, it, it's hilarious. And that, that sort of got me thinking that everyone needs someone like that in their social circle. Everyone needs someone fun, outlandish and out there because, you know, it could be... Um, it could be where no one is like that and everyone is just happy to sort of sit and chill and do nothing. But you always need like the class clown to, to get up and make some laughs and make some atmosphere. And that was exactly what um, Rachel was doing. Um, and, you know, she had everyone in fits of laughter and her partner, Alice, you know, uh, I just I looked at Alice and I was sort of rolled my eyes and shook my head. And I said, is, is she like this everywhere she goes? She said, yeah. Once she gets a few, a few beers inside her, she is a nightmare. And that used to be me. To be fair, when I was in the army, I've calmed down so much since leaving the army. But that would be me um, on the dance floor, you know, naked. And there's a, a quite a famous story in the family of when I first met Hannah. Um, it was her. It was come to for her birthday, and we'd been together maybe. Get the fingers out. Maybe five months at that point, and we went out for a night out in Oceana in Southampton. Actually, we started off um, at a restaurant. We had a nice meal, and it was a um, the restaurant is a real. They're real good friends of the family, so they chucked like a bottle of sambuca on the table, um, and no one was drinking it. So I took it upon myself to drink it to sort of liven the party up. And then a few of us uh, young whippersnappers went into town, and we carried on cracking the concrete. And it got very, very late in the night. I'd been, I'd got through some like jugs of Long Island iced tea, uh, and I decided I needed to to urinate. I needed to flow out. So instead of going to the toilet like a normal person, uh, I took it upon myself to go to the middle of the packed dance floor, 
And if you've been in Oceana in Southampton in the disco area, you know the, the dance floor is like a Rubik's Cube. It's all different squares, different lights, different colours. And I was stood in the middle of that dance floor on a packed Saturday night and I urinated. I flowed out everywhere, all over the dance floor. I'm pretty sure there's some collateral damage. I know people may well have got caught up in it. If they did, I apologise. Uh, and then I, rather than, uh, you know, men do the, the shake of the penis to, to, to sort of dry it off. Rather than do that, I decided to go over to Hannah's sister's boyfriend, who I'd known less than five months, really, because I hadn't met the family that long. Uh, and I wiped my um, my urine-soaked uh, penis all over his leg, sort of all over his jeans. So, you know, I do apologise to Luke for that, but it was... Always look back on... We look back on it now, and it's funny, but, you know... It, Watching Rachel the other night made me realise that was me. But it would be me with my clothes off or me, you know, flowing out in public. Um, so, yeah, but I, I enjoyed that night out and I enjoyed watching everyone. Because the gym, what I like about gym nights out is everyone's so different. You know, it's not one one bunch of people. And really, really and truly, when you sit and look at it, the people you are out with on the night out from the gym, you may not choose to sort of you wouldn't choose maybe to have them in your social in your social circle on a, on a normal day you know but that's what I like about the gym it breaks all egos it breaks all social barriers and everyone is um you know just in the same boat everyone is equal and I love sitting and watching people and how everyone is different because every until you stop and sit and watch people you don't realize how individual we all really are and it's really quite um an incredible thing to sit and watch people when they're I won't say natural habitat, but some people are more comfortable out drinking than what others are. And it's it's interesting to see them people like blossom on a night out and they go, they go sort of head and shoulders above everyone else. Excuse me, I have to clear my throat there. My voice went a little bit funny there. So yeah, I really enjoyed that night out. Um, and I look forward to, to more, more nights out with them, with the gym guys and girls. So yeah, but I haven't been training for a long time now. You know, I think this heat's just getting to me working long days and stuff and being super busy, being an adult. I don't really get time to... Well, I do get time. It's just that I just get in from work and as soon as I sit down, I'm done. I cannot get back up. I cannot be bothered to get back up again, which is a bad mindset. You know, I've let everything slip lately. But but hey, we're allowed to do that. It is allowed. As long as we um, remember why we started in the first place. Do what you fucking want, bruh. But yeah, I mean... It's a shame because Muay Thai is such an obsession of mine and training and being healthy is such an obsession of mine. Um, but I suppose I just really put all my time and thought at the moment into brainstorming things for the podcast because, you know, I, I really, really want to get into um, like stand-up comedy as well. But I'm really, really um, nervous about that because A, I'm not really that funny, which is a big problem in comedy. And B, it's such a sort of niche thing to get into. And I sometimes feel like, am I too old to start doing something like that? But then, you know, I hear I hear stories of my like my comedy heroes, you know, like Joey Diaz and Theo Vaughn and Joe Rogan. They they started super late. Maybe not Joe Rogan, he started in his teens doing comedy, but you know, Joey Diaz didn't step on stage till he was maybe 28, 29. And that's older than what I am now. So that sort of filled me with a little bit of hope and a uh, little bit of confidence. But, you know, I do sort of get these ideas in my head and I'm, I'm, I'm a very much an all or nothing type of guy. You know, I either throw 100% and the kitchen sink at something I want to do or I don't do it at all, which I suppose is quite relevant there with Muay Thai. When my head's in the game, I'm there, you know, I'm teaching classes, I'm helping new guys and girls out, you know, I'm, my mind's on the game and I'm really focused on it. But when I'm not focused on it, it's really evident. I'm just, I just don't go to class. Um, you know, I, I let all my training standards slip. But that's the one thing I wouldn't want to do with comedy is get into it and maybe get somewhere and then, you know, turn it off again. Because I do go through these phases. Um, Hannah will will blatantly tell you I go through these phases all the time. I've been, I've been a footballer. I've been a singer. Uh, I've been a Muay Thai fighter, you know, and now I'm trying to trying to be a comedian. So I'm sure she'll um, 
she'll take great pleasure in laughing at that which is probably a good start trying to be a comedian it's the first step in, in comedy is making people laugh so yeah so we'll see what happens with that you know I was, again I was talking to, to Brim about that you know my go-to guy for advice he's got his head firmly on his shoulders and he says you know go for it he says inspirational the way I go I get these things in my head and follow it through go to these open mic nights and just get on the stage and and do it but you know I suppose for me the hard part is like writing the material uh, I, when I try and think about being funny I, I'm not funny but I'm I've always had the sort of gift of sort of naturally making people laugh but not knowing not knowing I'm being funny which I suppose has sort of led me to believe maybe I could break into comedy somehow but I've worked out my my comedy value lies in telling stories not in sort of writing stuff and scripting stuff I'm not the best at writing things anyway you know I've got a better level I've got a better GCSE level in Spanish than I did in English so fucking work that one out um, so I've never been really good at writing writing things or scripting things. I'd much rather just go off the bat, off the cuff and tell a story of something which has happened to me. And I find that's funnier because it's a real life thing. When it's happened to you and you can relate to it, you know, you just, when you're attached to that situation, you will make it funny. So maybe, maybe there might be something there and telling, you know, maybe going to open mic night and storytelling just work in the crowd but I don't maybe have to go to a workshop or something to get into um to comedy writing because that's a whole whole different animal in itself and you know I've been carrying a notepad around making notes of things but I, I find I lay there in bed at night and that's when I come up with good bits in my head um but I don't write them down because I'm too relaxed and chilled and if I move I'll wake Hannah up and it's not worth waking her up because um she's not doesn't do well getting woke up so I sort of say to myself right I'm going to remember this I'm going to remember this and in the morning I'm going to write it down and make it into a comedy bit and I never do I never remember it I had a real good bit in my head recently um and it was how I would open up a comedy set and I was laughing to myself in bed uh and then in the morning gone but I suppose that's made that may be a good thing if I'm laughing at my own joke is it funny? You know, there's that, there's that age old thing where if you laugh at your own joke, it probably is not funny. So maybe that was a blessing in disguise that, that my brain sort of let that go. And that's, I've been thinking a lot about my brain lately as well, because, um, you know, I've had, I've had one Muay Thai fight and I won that, uh, that was at an interclub and I won that, won that for my weight division. So, I was a bit like, I've got the bug now, I really want to fight, I really want to fight. I've been pestering Hannah, me and Hannah have fallen out countless times about me fighting, um, you know, cutting weight, training camps and all this and, and how, you know, how selfish it is. Um, so, but I was thinking today, you know, I'm 27 now and if I was to pursue anything too far into fighting, I could be 30 with, you know, like a brain condition. Getting kicked and punched in the head weekly it's probably not going to do do well. And I find my memory um, now is not great. So maybe, you know, maybe it is a good thing that I don't compete competitively in, in Muay Thai because I could be, you know, a whole different person by in, in the next sort of two and a half, three years. I could have, you know, concussions. I could have brain traumas. And I know, and as soon, I think as soon as you start thinking that as a competitor, it's time to stop. Because your opponent is not thinking like that. You know, your opponent is is not in that mindset. So it's a bad place to be for um, for a fighter. So maybe it's best that I leave that in the past. And plus, you know, I like my food too much to be a fighter. I can't, I don't like going through eight week training camps and weight cuts and, and all that um, not so fun stuff just to get in there and, and get beaten up or beat someone up. So maybe it's a good thing. At least with comedy, is is um, less chance of of brain trauma. Unless you know you pick on somebody in the crowd who doesn't appreciate that, and then you could end up with a brain trauma because you could get a chair put around your head, which is not ideal. So yeah, man, comedy is on my list of things now to get into because I love comedy so much. You know, um, anything that makes people happier and smile and laugh, um, I don't see how it can be a bad thing. Um, 
I love watching comedy. I love making people laugh. I love laughing. So I think that's where the passion is. You know, when you share something with your audience that you both love, who doesn't like laughing? And when I believe when you make people laugh, that is such a euphoric feeling inside your body. You know, your your brain is releasing them um, them positive endorphins, boy. Um, and I think it's going to be such such a good buzz and such a good rush to see people laughing at you. You know, not not in a being bullied sort of sense, not being picked on, but because you told jokes to them people, they got the jokes, they appreciated the jokes, and they laugh with you. So that's got to be such such a good feeling. So, you know, it's something I'm going to look into for sure. It's something maybe um, I'm going to need to be a bit more confident with because I'm not really that confident just yet with with even podcasting. And it's just me in this room right now. Um, and that's even talking to myself, I get a little bit embarrassed. So it's quite it's quite a strange um, quite a strange thing podcasting you know the concept of it sat there talking to yourself talking into a microphone in the hope that you're going to produce this and put it out and hope people might listen to you it's quite a very it's a very strange concept so I'm still not 100% confident with this yet uh, it will come but you know I, I hope it doesn't like I, don't, I hope that doesn't come across too much in the episodes you know maybe in the beginning episodes but I think now I've got this better equipment as well I'm a bit more um, you know, I trust my equipment more. And when you do that, when you haven't got to worry about what you're producing, you know, with, with my old equipment, I was a bit like, I need to work hard with these edits to to make it sound clear, make it sound um, easy listening for so people can listen to it. But now I feel I don't have that worry with with this mic and this setup. So you know, that's I think that's half the battle is um, is believing in your equipment. And then I, I think once you believe in your equipment and you're comfortable with your equipment I think your your ability will then just naturally come anyway so we'll see hopefully from here on we skyrocket we all take off together let's make that happen but what else has been going on uh we're going we've got a wedding tomorrow we've got a family wedding tomorrow on a Wednesday um which is quite difficult to get off of work but you know it's gonna be worth it like I do enjoy a good wedding I enjoy dressing up, um, looking looking dapper, you know, and seeing seeing family and friends that you haven't really seen for a long time, and just the social side of it, which surprises me because I'm not that much of a social person. Um, well, at least I don't think I'm a very social person. Hannah will preach until the cows come home that I am social, but you know, once I'm in that, once I'm in that situation, bruh. I am social. I will talk to anyone. I will make a conversation. I'll fucking make a conversation with a wall. You know, I'll get a conversation out of them, them fucking breeze blocks. But because that's more for the fact I don't like awkward silences and I have the ability to create a conversation. Um, but, you know, I don't like the idea of meeting new people. I don't like the idea of creating conversation with people I don't know. I don't like having to find common ground with someone I'm, I'm not 100% knowing just yet bit of a home bod like that but I do enjoy weddings because I do enjoy seeing friends and family you don't often get to see because that social rapport is already built so it's half the battle really when you go to a wedding and it's good to get dressed up and weddings are the only time really unless you're going on holiday it is like socially acceptable um, to drink all day you know and early from early unless you're like an alcoholic which then you know there's no real there's no real rules really with alcoholism not something to laugh at but there's no rules there. I'm not. I mean, I'm not laughing at people who um who are addicted to the alcohol. But you know, when when you're lucky enough to not be addicted to something like that, and you do drink from early and all day, um, it's a bit of a bit of a buzz until the next day when you crash back down to reality. But I love weddings. I love seeing everyone happy, you know, I love seeing the bride and groom happy, you know, just tying the knot together and, you know, taking that step to spending the rest of their life together. Although divorce is at an all-time high. So let's not let, 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 let that dampen the um, the day tomorrow. But yeah, love a good wedding and the weather is going to be good for it. You know, they pick real good. August is a pretty safe bet in the UK anyway, although it did rain today. 
Um, but you know, I wouldn't. I do. I feel for the bride. I would not want to be, you know, in sort of 30, 35 degree heat and it and in that big old dress. If it's a big old dress, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I'm just assuming. Um, but yeah, being in a big dress or you know in a suit. Because I was I was best man for my friend Kyle, my best friend Kyle, um, and it's and Kyle's still in the army now. And in fact, uh, I'm trying to make Kyle like we're talking about it and negotiating things, trying to make Kyle a like a casual co-host for this show. Um, you know, he can't commit to, to too much because of his life, and he's away on the road all the time. But when he's home, he's quite he's expressed quite an interest, and he would like to to get into this. So you know, we might. There might even be a casual co-host soon, you know, once a month, maybe Kyle pops up and we have a, a we have a two man, two man podcast going on. Um, but I was best man for Kyle. He's my best friend, has been for many years and I, I hardly see him. But what makes us best friends is that we can go. I haven't seen Kyle since maybe Christmas, but I know when I see him, nothing will have changed no awkwardness we're still best friends and that's what makes us best friends you know it's real low maintenance um the friendship you know we don't have to see each other to all the time there was a, there was one point in time where we were inseparable you know joint at the hip where he rang me at three o'clock in the morning one time and said what are you doing and i said well you know it's 3 a.m and i'm asleep and he said well the car park next to my mum and dad's house is frozen over so i'll come pick you up um and we'll go back to the car park and we'll just do some skids in the car. And he did. He picked me up. We went and done some skids and some donuts around the car park and stuff. Then he just dropped me home again about 4 a.m. Um, and at that point in time, we were absolutely inseparable, joint at the hip. But, you know, we all get older. We all get responsibility. Kyle's married with, with children now. You know, I've got a, I've got a fiancé. I'm planning a wedding. I've got a pug. I've got a house. I've got a job. I'm a fucking adult, bruh. Um, so Kyle... And I don't like to intrude on Kyle's um, time with his family. You know, he's away so much. When he gets home, I don't want to be on his doorstep, you know, scratching his door like a, like a lost dog. So I keep my distance. But I know that keeping my distance from him, nothing changes. And he knows nothing changes with me either. Uh, and I was best man for his wedding. And that, that was in August um, in 2015. So I was still in the army. Um, he wore his like, number one dress which is a big, blue, like heavy blue tunic um, type of thing. And, you know, the army's clothes are like wearing like, like potato sacks, like hessian bags, and they're real thick. And this day was stifling. So Kyle was in his number ones. I was in my number twos, uh, which I know number two is slang for poo. Uh, and that's quite ironic because the number twos are the colour of shit. So that's, um, there's a little bit of irony in that. But I was in number two, his car was in number one, and it was so, so hot. You know, and, the, and with army dress, there's not a lot you can do to, to sort of casualise it, if that is a word. You can't, you can't just, um, you know, you can't roll sleeves up or loosen your tie off, because you've got to stay pristine. But I mean, in the evening, once the formalities were done, I took my jacket off and loosened my tie. You know, and I was still hot then. My tomorrow, ideally, I would go in a pair of shorts, but Hannah said it's socially unacceptable to wear shorts to a wedding. Um, so I have to sort of agree with her because she's she's sort of like my um, my wardrobe coordinator. And when we first got together, she basically threw my whole wardrobe out and we started again. So I have to I have to take her advice on when it comes to fashion and what I'm going to wear. So, um. I'm just going to wear a short sleeve shirt tomorrow because I'm not making myself too hot because you're, once once I get hot, I don't know about you guys, but once I get hot, I am hot for the day. I cannot cool down for love nor money. So in an attempt to keep myself cool, I'm going to wear a short sleeve shirt with trousers and a nice tie. And the theme of the wedding is orange. So I've got an orange tie, but I just hope I'm not going to look like someone who's trying to muck in with like the groom's party. But it's just, I, you know, Hannah's a bridesmaid. So the simple fact is for me, she's wearing an orange dress. I'm wearing an orange tie. Because if I've got to have photos with her, I don't want to be wearing like a pink tie and she's wearing an orange dress. Although I did see a really, really cool um, pug tie. I was going to buy it, but I 
couldn't, I didn't really want to spend £25 on a tie. So I'll put that one back straight away. So I'm going with this orange tie, just so in photos and stuff we're matching. And I do, because we like to match. I think it makes you feel more of a couple when you're matching as well. So that's that. I'm going to wear a short sleeve shirt tomorrow. And I think it's going to be the first time I've worn a short sleeve shirt to anything formal. Usually I've always worn like a, a three-piece suit or at least a waistcoat or a jacket. But I've always had long sleeve shirts on. But tomorrow I outright refuse. I'm not making myself hot all day. So I'm going to keep cool. I'm going to drink loads of gin. Because, you know, gin and tonic is hydrating. You hydrate as you get drunk. So that's what I'm going to do. But I really hope the weather is good. But, you know, a happy medium. Good, but enjoyable. Not so hot you think, oh, fuck, I need to get in the shade. But not torrential downpour. You know, somewhere somewhere like around the 20 degree mark would be great just so it's bearable and everyone can enjoy it without you know i don't want to be giving like nans and uncles and aunties and cousins a hug you know and swapping sweat you know i don't want to be i don't want to have someone else's sweat in my shirt you know i'm aware that i'm going to sweat um but there's not nothing worse than swapping body sweat with somebody else especially when you can't clean up happens a lot at the gym you get sweaty with someone else's sweat and if you think your sweat in your eye hurts wait till you get somebody else's sweat in your eye because they're it's like their salt levels their salt levels and content is different and it fucks your day up so i hope the weather the weather stays at a reasonable place tomorrow so we can all hug um and not have to worry about going straight to the bathroom every every hug you give or receive so but I'm really looking forward to that you know we've got our nephew staying over tonight um, and my sister-in-law they're staying over because Hannah and Kimberly are both bridesmaids so it makes sense for them to just stay here and I'll take them to where they need to be in the morning we've got our nephew staying over uh, he's downstairs right now watching Jumanji where I usually re- uh, re- usually record the podcast down there but you know he takes precedence so he's he's down there watching Jumanji with Robin Williams uh, and I'm up here in a really hot bedroom doing this podcast for you all and we decided it would be a bit unfair for um, Florence our pug to be left at home on her own um, all day and evening for the wedding so we've uh, gone above and beyond and we've checked her into a fucking pug hotel it's a hotel specifically it's not specifically for pugs you know it's for all dogs but they um, they have their own pugs and they specialize in pugs so uh, we we've gone to we booked her in there. I took her there yesterday for a meet and greet. You know they have um, they've got their own three pugs and they've got one pug boarding with them right now. Um, and then with Florence there, it's going to be five pugs. But they, it's so cool. They've got you know like a, a pug ball pit. So and a little pug swimming pool. So if they get hot, they can just go and cool off in the swimming pool, and they can go in the ball pit and they can play. And they've got an acre of land in the back garden. So. I'm real, real, real glad we chose to put her in there. And that's called um, Pugarumi. So if you live in the Southampton area or around sort of the county of Hampshire, then Pugarumi is a, is a good place to, to board your dogs uh, overnight or for weeks at a time if you're going away. And you're if you're really particular about where you put your dogs when you go away, I would highly recommend Pugarumi. They're so professional. You know, meet and greet yesterday. Florence met the dogs in like a social way sort of thing and they all got on really well. And it's put my mind at ease now about leaving her there for the night. So Pugarumi, they're on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they've got a website. Um, you know, you search them and look them up and I highly, highly recommend them, especially if you've got a pug. Because you know these pugs need caring for, boy. And they do it very well. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, what I want to do now is, is get into some news headlines and some current affairs, but... What I'm also trying to do is make a very conscious effort not to bring um, any negative news headlines in. Because, you know, the whole point of this podcast is to make people happy, um, not to bring people down with the negativity which is going on in the world. We're all very aware of the negativity which happens in the world. So if I can, I'm going to try and... um, avoid negative headlines but it's quite hard because a lot of it is um you know is fairly negative but you know i'll start you off because uh if you listen a couple of weeks back to episode seven 
when I got back from Mallorca, I would have said about um, how there's so many jellyfish in the water and stuff. And it turns out the jellyfish count is so high this year because uh, we had such a cold winter that that's perfect breeding ground for baby jellyfish. And the hot spring and summer is a perfect survival ground. You know, it's the survival temperatures for them. So there you fucking go. Even in the UK, the jellyfish count has been so high. Um, and that's due to our cold winter and our hot summer. Um, so that's a little uh, little jellyfish fact for you all there. Um, and jelly- I still stand by how strange jellyfish are. I cannot... Um, I cannot get over how weird they are when you look at them. They look like a plastic bag with, with fucking spaghetti hanging out the bottom. They look like your Aunt Rose went to Sainsbury's. Uh, she got some spaghetti and she put them in the carrier bag. And she just fucking threw it in the river. You know, it looks like the water's got in that bag and the spaghetti's trying to get out of the bottom. That is what jellyfish look like. I don't trust them. I don't like them. But that is why we the jellyfish count is so high this year. Cold winter, warm summer. Mm, what else has been going on? There's a big, big. Um, this is this one's quite sad, you know. There's a big crash in um, Bologna, I believe that's how you say say it, Bologna in Italy, where um, a tanker lorry carrying fuel crashed into another lorry and the fucking thing exploded and that is my all-time worry about them them fuel tankers you know is it's just carrying a combustible around you know is you're gonna have a crash at some point but just by law of averages by long distance lorry driving and by driving around with high explosives really um in a tank in a hot country where you crash into other things and all bits of metal get twisted up, sparking here, sparking there, it is going to end in catastrophe. And it did. You know, they, the two lorries crashed and it exploded. Um, and I, it took three hours to uh, to extinguish, which is which is a crazy, crazy amount of time for them firefighters to be stood there um, and battling a fire. Um, so, you know you got to tip your cap to, to our emergency services. Well, not ours, but, you know, all the emergency services across the world, because it wasn't obviously ours fighting that fire, but all emergency services across the world, you've got to tip your cap to, because they do such a great job. And I believe two people would die, had died in that, in that particular incident, and 70 were injured. So that just shows you the scale of the destruction, and it's, um, and it's, it's awful, you know. But um, what else is awful is these 3D plastic guns because you know they're a gun they're still a gun but they're going to be undetectable through metal detectors um, and metal scanners because they're plastic they're basically Lego like Meccano build your own guns and if this get if these gets in the hands of the wrong people which they will because they and I guarantee they already have it's going to be you know carnage um but not just that you know these guns haven't been tried and tested so the first time you know that gun fires okay is the first time you fire it if it's got if it's going to back up and and you know the 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 breach is going to block and it's going to backfire the only time you're going to know about that is when your fucking hand is not attached to you anymore and maybe if you're making these plastic guns and you're willing to use it, maybe you deserve to lo- uh, to have an appendage missing like that. Maybe you deserve to lose a limb. Maybe that's me being a bit harsh there, but, you know, it's either going to go one of two ways. The bullets are going to come out of that chamber and the barrel and it is going to hit someone and cause destruction. Or it's going to go wrong and you and your fucking hand or your arm is coming off. But I believe there's been like a, um, I think America put like a nationwide ban on them now, which is probably a good thing. Won't stop anything though. Pretty sure there's been a global ban on heroin since fucking forever. Uh, and, I, and I know there's a lot of heroin addicts around just where I live. You know, when I work, I find heroin needles all the time. So how's that fucking ban on heroin going? Because I'm pretty sure that's a class A drug. Um, so will will a national ban on plastic guns work? Probably not, but at least it's being looked at. At least they're not just, you know, um, 
putting it to the back of their mind and worrying about the next thing that comes along. Um, but we'll see what happens with that. I don't think they're a good thing because that just means someone's going to get it on an aeroplane eventually, aren't they? Or somewhere where they can do a lot of damage in a small place and no one can do anything about it because it's plastic, goes undetected. And the only time you know they have a plastic gun is when it's being pulled out and they're using it. And I hope it never comes to that. But, you know, the well-being living, you never know. Yeah, so that that's that. That, 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 that annoyed me quite a lot, that one. Uh, I read today also been flash floods in China, which is quite strange because you don't really expect somewhere like China to get involved with weather. You know, you just assume, oh, it's fucking China. They've got their own, they do their own thing. They've got their own weather. You know, they, they make they make everything else in China. Um, why can't they make the weather? And that's not a racial slur. That's not me being stereotypical saying um, China make things. Because it's a fact. They do make a lot of things. And you just don't expect, you know, China just always sort of tick over. Um, they just keep themselves to themselves. They don't really bother too many people. And you just don't expect to see them on the news headlines um, having flash floods. Although if I was going to get caught in a flash flood somewhere, I would want it to be in China because them motherfuckers are so efficient. You know, they'll be pulling you out of out of the um, out of the floods, and they'll be, you know, I don't know. They'll be, you know, pulling you out of the flood and making something, and that probably is a racial slur right there because that's direct. But you know they they'll probably pull you out that flood and they'll make you a make you a blanket to put over you straight away. You know, so if I was going to get caught in a flash flood or a disaster anywhere, it, it, I'd want it to be China because they are so efficient. And uh, this might be racist a little bit again, but there's loads of them, so they can always muck in and help each other out. There's always somebody around you, bruh. There's I guarantee there's not a square foot in China without somebody in it. At some point, you know, there's somebody, it seems like there's someone somewhere all of the time. And, you know, I'm sorry if that offends anyone and comes off as racist, but, you know, I've got Chinese friends. Um, so, you know, and I'm quite in depth with sort of um, Thai culture and stuff. So I don't mean for that to come across as racist, although I'm well aware it may sound that way, but and being efficient is um is a compliment. I think and I think it's a compliment that somebody would say I would if I'm going to get in a natural disaster, I want it to be in your country because I know you'll save me. So that's probably it's probably more of a comp a, a sort of um, backhanded compliment than it is offensive. So I'm not too worried about that. But yeah, I mean. Fucking China, like, well, I just don't understand. I, I obviously do understand how they got flash floods, but I just didn't expect to read that in the headlines that China got flash floods. So, yeah, but that's what the headlines I picked up on because everything else is um, so negative. I didn't really want to bring it here because this is like a happy place for us all to come and chill out. Um, I didn't want to bring that sort of them negative vibes down down this road. So I'm going to try and keep this place, you know, like um, as happy as possible. Because that's the whole that's the whole idea of this podcast. If you're if you're new if you're a new listener, thank you and welcome. This podcast is designed to make you happy. Um, you know, it is primarily meant to be a comedy podcast. I understand that it may not be funny all of the time because some things I do talk about on here are, um, you know, they're quite. Um, important and quite, you know, what's the word? Like, um, when something's not funny, uh, what am I fucking talking about? So some of the stuff I talk about on here is real and serious. Serious is the word I was looking for that my brain would not let me get out and I sometimes think my brain does that on purpose and plays tricks on me but serious sometimes it the stuff I took the content on this podcast is serious so it can't be funny all of the time but my plan and my aim is to make 
one person smile at least once throughout this podcast and that's my fucking job done. If I can do that, I'm winning. That's the way it is. But thank you all once again for for tuning in and listening and being here. And I hope my new equipment um, is better for you guys. And I hope it um, it sounds better out there. Um, I didn't I didn't know, but I'm actually on iTunes as well. So if you go on iTunes and search Thoughts from the Toilet, I'm on there. Uh, I'm on YouTube. I'm not on SoundCloud anymore because they keep pulling my content off again because of unlicensed songs. So I'm avoiding SoundCloud because they're a bit. Um, they've got some more politics going on there. So you can find me on YouTube. You can find me on um, iTunes. You can find me on Anchor. Uh, and there's some more platforms coming out, which I'm trying to get on. Um, but all I do is upload it to Anchor, and they distribute it where they they see necessary. So. So that's that. So, you know, if you've got one place you listen to me on, that's great. Thank you very much. Keep listening to me. Um, but if you're if you're wanting to find a new platform, I am on iTunes. I am on YouTube. I am on Anchor. So you can find me there any of them three places. And I'll obviously keep you all updated um, with uh, any more platforms that come out. And I'm going to try and get back into the rhythm again um, where adult life will let me uh, of doing one a week. And I am, I am deeply sorry um, if you were expecting one last week uh, and didn't get one. Uh, but, you know, I am an adult. I have responsibilities. So, but I will try and, and get back into the swing of it and get it all, um, you know, weekly again. Uh, but it's Tuesday today, Wednesday tomorrow. I'm not sure what day you're listening to this on, but I'm doing this, I'm recording this today on Tuesday the 7th. Uh, and I'll leave you all to it. You know, it's, it's nearly bedtime for everyone. You know, it's, it's going to be 10 o'clock by the time I get this exported and mixed down. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for um, for supporting and following. And as always, you know, your shares, your likes, your comments, your subscriptions are appreciated. Um, notifications on everywhere so you know when I post new content. And I appreciate it. Um, you know, let's have, let's have a good rest of the week, everyone. You know, it's, it's only the start. If it's not been such a good week so far, fuck it. Throw your deuces up and start again tomorrow. You know, it's, this world's for you. Grab your dick or whatever genitalia you have and fucking own it. So that's that. I'm going to make sure my nephew's still um, alive and not kill the dog or, you know, cut the sofa up. On that note, I'm going to love you all and leave you all. Thank you very much. And I'll see you all soon.